Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Ton to get to today. Fun segment coming up right off the top here. We're going to have our uh, Big Sky Blindside. Haven't done this in a while. So random questions about the Big Sky Conference. We're also going to talk about relegation or the relegation model that currently exists in some areas of professional soccer. Why is this in the news? Well, it's being talked about at least a little bit in various circles uh, around uh, college football, particularly when it comes to the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. Usually Wednesdays, we lead with Sam Herter, Hero Sports. He's in Ireland, enjoying himself. So Andrew and I will fill the space with a uh, wide-ranging conversation about Big Sky and uh, college football in general. We're also going to hear from Drew Polidor. Our Montana State Minute features... The sophomore free safety for the Bobcats. He is a converted cornerback who's really acclimated to the position well. We're also going to talk some Major League Baseball. October, just right around the corner. Hour number two, our ESPN roundtable. Mitch Stroman, the play-by-play man for Northern Arizona. A fan favorite, a show favorite, and just an all-around great dude. Uh, he's a really entertaining guy, and he's been at NAU forever. And so he'll give us some insight into the Lumberjacks as they prepare to host Montana. Well, they also have a little community spotlight. Uh, Andrew Houghton helping us out. Uh, Guns and Hoses is coming up. It's a uh, charity fundraiser softball game. There's a pancake breakfast involved with it as well. And uh, goes towards a good cause. The uh, 
the fire department and the police department. So always pretty cool when you can get those guys in studio and get involved in that kind of stuff because uh, we need it. It's good for our community. So there you go. Show Outlook here uh, on Nuanas now. You can always stream the show, 1029ESPN.com or on the ESPN MT app. And if you want to get a hold of us, you always can. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Regis Brothers RV phone line. Remember that number, 406-888-1029, because about 40 minutes from now, you are also going to have an opportunity to win some free wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. They are the best wings in the city of Missoula. Don't believe me? Well, you, the Missoula wing-eating public, has voted on it year after year after year, and uh, we'll keep hooking you up Wednesday after Wednesday after Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. Uh, All guests that call or text 406-888-1029, they'll all join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. I, I was... Having thoughts coming out of the Counting Crows concert last night. First of all, uh, great performance. Uh, Adam Dewitt's the lead singer of Counting Crows. Great voice. And uh, they're great performers. It was also sort of uh, bittersweet because, you know, I've, I've liked the Counting Crows since they first came out, you know, 30-some years ago. Their first album is just, it's brilliant songwriting. I know that it's uh, quintessential 90s. It sort of became so popular and famous that it became a cliche of itself. Their most famous hit single, Mr. Jones, I mean, everybody in the world has heard it. And it's been played around bars and pubs and and at your house and whatever. I mean, the thing's got 800 million streams on Spotify alone. So, I mean, it's, it's a worldwide smash, and it's still on the radio even some 30 years later. But I also understand when you reach that height of fame, sometimes it can get overexposed. The County Crows also have a, a story of of quintessential overexposure. It's a very typical 90s story. They came out in 93 with August and everything after. Uh, the album went number one, sold over 7 million copies. They were a worldwide smash. But then the uh, how, how much that fame affected them and rerouted them. I mean, at the time, if you're familiar with the scene in L.A. in the early 1990s, there's a place called the Viper Club, which was uh, an intimate yet exclusive club where a lot of the musicians, both uh, aspiring and uh, current star musicians, would hang out with a lot of the up-and-coming stars in Hollywood. This is where, uh, infamously, River Phoenix overdosed on drugs and died. Uh, River Phoenix was, in fact, really great friends with the lead singer of the Counting Crows. They were also really great friends with Johnny Depp. So certainly a a moment in time. But you could always tell that uh, Adam Dewitt, the lead singer of the Counting Crows, was a somewhat reluctant star, uh, just despite how much fame. uh, When they achieved such great fame, you could tell he was not very comfortable with it. This has been well chronicled. He has talked about it. He's talked about having a sort of a, a disassociative personality thing that has stemmed from the fame. The whole point is that the Counting Crows were so big, then they became a parody of themselves. Then they sort of disappeared off the map. They've since reunited, but this is their last tour. So it's sort of crazy listening to them talk about how this was going to be it for them, how they uh, 
that this was, I guess, four concerts after this one. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm glad to know that I got to see them uh, before they're done performing. So it was a fun night out there at the Kennel House Amphitheater. The one thing that was so strange about the whole deal was Mr. Jones, which is certainly their most popular and famous song. You could just tell that, that they didn't really love performing it. I mean, they had taken it out of their set list completely when they were uh, sort of at their height of their fame in the late 90s. They got it back in now because they know that this is the, sort of their last go-round, their last tour. It's just so fascinating for me to, to analyze. Like, It's so crazy to write such a good song that's beloved by so many and then have it become beloved by too many, like to the point where you don't like it because you don't like being defined by one thing. And I can totally see that as somebody that performs for a living. I can totally see how it would be tenuous at best and sometimes tiresome, if not even uh, completely overwhelming at worst to, to be defined by one singular song or one singular moment or one singular performance. And it's, it's especially hard, I think, for these artists when they hit that, that height of fame and that level of popularity when they're at such a young age. Hey, you guys, listen to the show. You know, as, you, as your life goes on, you grow and you change. And so many things that you used to hold as priorities or as tenants in your life or as values and principles that you abide by, you evolve. That's the whole part of being a human and also the whole thrill of being a human. At least I hope everybody's trying to evolve. Growth mindset is a very important thing if we want to... Uh, stay living a vibrant and and fresh and new life. And so I can totally see how <laughs> performing this song that people were obsessed with 30 years ago and are still obsessed with, but you're trying to do it from, from a perspective of you where you're pouring your heart out on the stage, I can totally see how they could be sort of weird. But I, the point is that I'm glad they played it. It was a great show last night. I really had a great time, and I'm really glad that I was able to see them if this is, in fact, it, it for the Counting Crows. I'm glad I got to see him one last time. Noah is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you're watching on TV or on the app and you see me shuffling around a lot, I know I sort of move around a lot anyways while I'm talking and gyrating and uh, bloviating over here. But I got, I've been doing this um, intensive physical therapy and personal training combination at Westside Private Gym. Today, I got dry needling and acupuncture for the first time. So what we're working on is just full body mobility, but, but specifically increasing the mobility and range of motion in my legs and my shoulders. It's just working out a bunch of the knots and the old injuries and, you know, the things that ail you. We all think, oh, I'm just getting older. You can't do anything about it. Well, you can. You certainly can. And I won't... Uh, I won't bore. I don't even think that. I think most of you listeners are so smart that I don't think actually the scientific part of it is boring for you. I'm just not going to try to repeat a lot of it right now, in uh, in the name of not being incorrect about what's going on. But the acupuncture and the dry needling certainly an intense experience. I've never done that before, and uh, certainly one that uh, I'm looking forward to again. So uh, appreciate Kevin and his team over there at uh, Westside Private Gym for. Continuing to work with me and uh, continue, uh, I appreciate all you guys for listening because it is fun to share. You know, it sort of keeps you accountable when you're just talking about the stuff you're working on in uh, in your general personal life. Coming up uh, 
next week, Montana volleyball team, next Friday, they host the rival Montana State Bobcats in the uh, annual Brawl of the Wild Volleyball Edition. Grizz have won three in a row in the uh, Mainline Trophy Series. And the last time uh, that the uh, Grizz hosted the Cats, they set a record with over 2,000 fans. So next weekend is homecoming weekend in Missoula. So Idaho State will be in town for football, but the Cats will be in town for volleyball. So if you want to start your homecoming weekend with Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year, Allison Lawrence and Grizz Volleyball, the first serve for uh, that match is slated for 6 p.m. Friday night. You can get your tickets at gogrizz.com slash tickets. All right, let's talk some speculation when it comes to college football realignment. What else will we talk about? We've talked about this a ton already. But a, a new and interesting article that's not just speculatory. It, ha- it has some, some real thoughts and some real reporting in it. This is from Ross Dellinger, who's a senior college football reporter for Yahoo Sports. And he wrote a story because Washington State and Oregon State play this weekend in football. It's a sort of unlikely top 25 matchup, but it's also a, a matchup between the two football programs in the Pac-12 that are left standing that aren't going anywhere, at least for now, as the the wide world of college football continues to shift. So uh, there's been tons of talk what Oregon State and Washington State might do. Well, Ross Dellinger's idea, and he he floated this around to some um, athletic directors in both the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, talking about sort of an unorthodox model. It might be a two-conference model. It's a partnership between the Pac-2, I guess, and the Mountain West. And and the, the spin here is that it might be something similar to what European soccer leagues have used in terms of relegation and promotion within uh, the leagues. The goal would be to create high-stakes matchups, scheduling alliances, and a point system to fuel interest and excitement, uh, specifically in the tier that isn't the Power Five. That's where this would get so interesting, right? Imagine if out West, you had the the top, let's just call it the best of the West conference. That's the top, let's say, 10 football playing programs that aren't the ones that have jumped ship to the Big Ten, the Big 12, and all that. And then you had a second league, let's call it just the remaining Mountain West, but one of the rewards for playing well in that league would be getting into the best of the West league. Then I can also imagine, and that's that's sort of what the proposal in this article is that's laid out. And I think you can get a ton of exposure, a ton of interest, and a ton of uh, eyeballs on that second league that's playing for positioning within the best of the West. Imagine, though, then, if this trickles down, and then there's a third league, and maybe that could be this speculatory league that we've been talking about, one that aligns... The Montana schools with some of the uh, Rocky Mountain Front schools from the Mountain West, like Wyoming, Utah State, um, you know, maybe Nevada's in there, New Mexico, maybe Air Force, the Dakota, but then also then other FCS schools like the Dakotas, you know, maybe maybe Idaho and Weber State get in there. I don't know. This is the first sort of form of positivity that I've been able to find in all this, though. We have sort of brushed on this before. But, Andrew, what would you think of all of this 
because the fact that there's actually quotes from real athletic directors in this story saying that they are considering maybe uh, going outside the box. I mean, one quote says, we have to think differently. We're always trying to fit things in a box, and we're always late to the party. How do we get in front of this and do something different? Another quote says, it's time to admit what college football is. It's an entertainment product for profit. Thank you. Finally, somebody's saying this. This could add a huge entertainment element to college football, though, and I also think it could it could really help um, answer a lot of questions for football in the West for the schools that aren't going to be a part of the Power Five anytime soon. Yeah, I love that second quote because when you think about it, this is a way for most of the Pac-2, I guess, Washington State and Oregon State and whatever is left of the Pac-12 to grab something back that has been lost by the rest of the Pac-12 leaving for other conferences, right? To grab the initiative, to to grab the entertainment factor, right? I mean, what was one of the biggest criticisms of Larry Scott and then George Klievkoff who were commissioning the Pac-12 as it sort of spiraled into the crisis that it's in now? They were never willing to do the bold move. Right. This is certainly, whatever you think about it, this is a bold move, and it's a bold move at a perfect juncture because these schools are, are sort of right at the precipice of, of falling into nothingness or, or losing a great deal of the eyeballs that have been on them. And I'm talking about Washington State and Oregon State here who always sort of were part of a national conglomerate, you know, right. a conference that played on the national stage at least. You're about to lose that. Right. What are you going to do to not lose that? I think right. you're now at the point where it's going to take a bold move, and this is one of those because I can tell you, Coulter, there are going to be people complaining about this. Yes. There are going to be people saying that this is the stupidest idea that they have ever heard. Right. I guarantee you there are going to be people talking about it the entire season. I guarantee you that the same people who have said that this is the stupidest idea that they have ever heard are going to be tuning in at the end of the season to see who gets relegated to this second-tier conference and to see who gets promoted up into the Pac-12. And the other part about this is this could really, really help mitigate this thought about brand as an extension of media market. So one of the biggest things that have held back, like people always ask, well, how did North Dakota State win 9 out of 10 national championships and they don't just move up? Well, you can't just move up. You have to get an invite to move up to somewhere. I mean, I guess you could feasibly just move up as an independent, but that just seems like a, a really financially um, tenuous and risky thing to do. So you move up. You got to have an invite. Well, one of the things that conferences want is your media market. Well, I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying that the media markets in North Dakota and South Dakota and Montana are not coveted media markets <laughs> compared to Los Angeles and Seattle, like USC and, and uh, Washington have, right? But you could get an entire region of the country involved in this competition to get up and move up, right? Imagine if all of the fans of Wyoming and Montana and Montana State and North Dakota State and South Dakota State and all these fans, now they're all fans of this new thing. And first and foremost, they're rooting on their teams, but they're also rooting with and against all these other teams to try to play their way into this league. You're a big soccer guy, Andrew. This has worked really well 
in in European soccer, right? I mean, explain to people kind of how this works on the professional soccer league across the pond. Well, it works. It works differently, right? It works a lot better in some ways than the traditional sure. American system. It also has some defects compared right. to the traditional American system, right? I think that it does a very good job of maintaining interest until the end of the season and making every game mean something. Right. Right? I mean, when we're talking... It also eliminates tanking. Tanking is obviously not a part of college sports because you have you have no benefit to tank, but this is a, a really a way to, to um, relegate tanking, which is something American sports have had a problem with. Absolutely. In, in the professional ranks, yes. But, I mean, you're thinking about... I mean, you're thinking about a, maybe a Northern Arizona, a Northern Arizona Idaho State game at the end of the season. Who's paying attention to that game? Right. Right now, nobody. Right. I mean, even the people who like those teams probably not paying a ton of attention to that game. For sure. In this scenario, that game is huge. That game means millions of dollars of revenue for you next year, uh, either gained or lost. So that's one big advantage of it. The other big advantage of it is sort of, you know, mental, like you're talking about. Every fan of any of these teams can tell themselves that our success depends on how good we are. Nothing more, nothing less. There are no circumstantial things that are going to, to prevent us from playing to the best of our ability. I mean, it's like, you know, when Boise State was coming up in the mid 2000s. That was the big narrative, right? No matter how good Boise State plays, right. they're never getting to the BCS National Championship game. Right. With the four-team playoff, and I know since he was in it a couple years ago, right. no matter how good a group of five team plays, they're not going to get an invite to the dance. Right. With this system, at least in, this, in the closed-off ecosystem that would be, I think... If you're going to go whole hog, it might be most of the football teams in the West. For sure. You can tell yourself, if we play well, we can advance to the very top of our little ecosystem here. And maybe that doesn't get you an invite to the college football playoff or whatever. But you can be at the top of the Pac-12 no matter what. The other part about this, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, Andrew Houghton chiming in here on Nuanas Now. Um, the, the biggest outcry by people in Montana that I've heard over the last handful of years or so about the potential of Montana and Montana State moving up is, well, well, our schools will never then compete for national championships in football again. I understand that notion. The number one reason that Montana and Montana State will never compete for a national championship at the FBS level is money. This could solve some of the money problems, though, because let's say theoretically, you get the best of the West and then the rest of the West and then the snow belt. Let's just call it that. You get three leagues. First of all, you'd maintain the the Pac-12's current dollar assets that includes $50 million in NCAA basketball tournament shares, $40 million in reserves, and then whatever else has been left over from the Pac-12 network infrastructure. Maybe you can diversify that when it comes to streaming. Now, if you're Montana and you somehow play your way through the snow belt into the rest of the West, into the best of the West... You're getting way more money even if you don't go to the NCAA tournament. And if you ever do go to the NCAA tournament, now you're getting a huge check. If you ever figure out a way to win an NCAA tournament game, now you're getting a a check that's changing your program for the long term, for a really long time. So I I do think this is another way 
to sort of even the playing field. The part that's been so frustrating about college sports to watch lately, especially college football, is the richest teams are the ones that can compete. I mean, make no mistake, there's 125 teams in the FBS. How many teams can actually win the national championship? Seven? I mean, yeah, you're, you're putting a three up. That's right. I mean, who is it? Alabama? Georgia. Georgia and Michigan? Yeah, Ohio I mean, State, I mean, the varies, winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game? It varies from year to year, sure. but yes, usually one other team other than Alabama or Georgia. Yeah, right. Sometimes maybe two other teams if, right. you know, Florida State's great that year. Right, or, right. Or Texas Tech or, or Penn State gets into it. Or, but, I mean, even even those are, are on the outside looking yeah. in, right? I mean, Oregon is, is is the richest school on the West Coast. They've made the college football playoffs how many times? Once? Washington. The second richest school on the West Coast. How many times have they made the college football playoffs? Once. Has USC ever made it? No, they haven't. They're one of the most tradition-laden programs in the United States of America. Florida State has multiple national championships and has a $100 million-plus budget for football alone. They made the, the college football playoffs one time. It's, it's, it's almost impossible. The, the, the South Carolinas and Texas A&Ms of the world, who are light years beyond pretty much 250 D1 programs, are still light years behind the 10 or 15 programs that are ahead of them. I mean, Penn State's never even been to the college football playoff. That's how hard it is to get in. I know that they're talking about expansion and all this stuff, but make no mistake, resources, the amount of money you spend on football and the amount you have invested in it, it's directly correlated to your success. You see it in the big sky right now, too. The schools that care, that have money, that can pour money into their football programs are the ones that are contending. The ones that don't are not, and that's it. This might be able to change a little bit of that, though, because I do think you could have a lot more to play for in a variety of different elements. And you could also have some different revenue sharing, especially for one of the underdog teams that could play their way up in the leagues. They could get, just get so, so much more of that NCAA tournament money, the reserves from the bigger leagues, and, and maybe even some of that TV money as well. The last point I'll make on this is the war for broadcasting rights and the war for streaming rights isn't going anywhere. It's going to be one of the defining things that happens in sports over the next 10 years. That could be the thing that gets money from a broadcasting perspective to these tiny That's little exactly markets, right. right? Nobody's going to give Montana a, a big-time TV deal. But they could give this cool conference where everybody's trying to play their way up into the best of the West. That could be a streaming deal. And then all of a sudden, people in New Mexico might be watching Montana versus Wyoming to see sort of the other teams in their league they're trying to move up. That's exactly right. You've lost. The Pac-12 has lost all of its traditional rivalry games, okay? You lost USC-UCLA. You lost Washington-Oregon. You lost Washington-Washington State and Oregon-Oregon State. You can't sell any of that stuff to the broadcasting companies. What you can sell are the final weekend of the season. We're going to have the Pac-12 championship right. game. We have the relegation game from the Pac-12, right. and we have the promotion game right. from the second-tier conference. And maybe that extends down into a third tier if that works out. That is something that you can sell. A couple more points on this. I think there are some big drawbacks standing in the way that I, I, I didn't really get to. I think the facts that, that Ross Dellinger pointed out in his story, college athletic departments are very dependent on revenue projections sure. into the future. And if suddenly you have variable projections for, for a huge chunk of your revenue because schools in the top division are going to get a lot more money from the TV deal than schools in the second division, I think a lot of college athletic departments are, are not going to look upon that favorably 
So that's an obstacle. I'm not sure if it's an insurmountable one. The, uh, there are going to be a lot of hard questions that have to be asked and answered about how this money gets divided. For instance, you know, if Washington, Sarah, if Oregon State, because Wayne Tinkle's made a couple nice NCAA basketball tournament runs as the head coach right. of Oregon State. If Oregon State makes a run to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, how are those conference payments distributed? Right. Does that only go to the other teams in the top league with them? Right. Or because you're all part of the same ecosystem, does it get split out based on percentages? Can you even do something like that? Do you even extend the promotion relegation model to other sports beyond football and men's basketball and maybe women's basketball? I think that would be super interesting. I do. I also think that's potentially an insurmountable obstacle when you're talking about like South Dakota State women's soccer if they play their way up, having to travel all across the Western United States. Maybe that's an issue. So a couple questions there. But the last thing I'll say about this, Coulter, is if it's not going to happen now, yeah. When is it going to happen? Because there's an incredibly unique situation with the dissolution of the Pac-12 right now. Because the number one thing that stands in the way of having a promotion and relegation system are the teams at the top not wanting to cede their power. That's right. Why would they introduce uncertainty into their teams where suddenly if you have a bad year, you're seeing your revenue being cut, you're seeing your prestige being cut. So normally, if you tried to introduce this... The Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States, the Michigans, the USC's, the UCLA's, the Oregon's of the world would say, say absolutely uh-uh. not. Right. Why would we take on that risk? Right. But Washington and Oregon State, who Washington State and Oregon State, who are the two teams with the most power still in this scenario, right. they're so desperate. Yes. They're at the point where right. they fail to make bold moves right. for years and years and years. They're finally at the point where they have to make a bold move and they have to cede some of their power if they want to save themselves. That's why I think it's still a possibility. Well, and that's the whole pro- that's the whole point here is that you're right. In a previous scenario, why would Washington State and Oregon State want to risk falling out of that Pac-12 media. Why would they say nest? we're now in a conference with Nevada and Boise State and Wyoming, et cetera, and not only that, we can possibly fall out of that conference right. into an even worse one? They would never say that. They would never say that, except for that they have to find somebody else to play with, else all that money's going away either way. So they're risking losing the money in the immediate by not doing anything about it right now. So maybe you sacrifice the risk of, of not being... Uh, in that best of the West type top tier, uh, because you want to have a future, you need to you need to sacrifice something in the present if you want to have a future. No, as now ESPN Radio. Of course, we didn't get to any blind side, but we will uh, later on in the show. But a great conversation. Relegation mode out west. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if it can come to fruition. I actually do think it's a creative idea. I love creative ideas. It's the first thing I've heard about this college football realignment that actually makes me sort of. Excited and gets my wheels turned a little bit rather than just thinking that the institution of college football is completely falling apart. Speaking of college football in the here and now, one of the biggest improvements for Montana State during their non-conference slate this last couple weeks has been the performance of the defensive secondary. A big part of that has been the emergence of Drew Polidor as a free safety. The former cornerback transfer from Air Force who's now just in his third game playing the position. He's been great. He'll tell us about that transition, plus what he thinks of life in Montana after growing up in Houston 
Don't change that dial. Our Montana State Minute featuring Montana State sophomore Drew Polidor. Next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but I didn't expect them to actually have an accordion player, but they did, and it was awesome. One of the best parts of the whole show. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and ESPN MT app. Must say a little bittersweet last night being out at the Kettle House Amphitheater. I, I can say probably definitively that's my last trip out there for the summer because uh, I think summer's over, man. I think officially a couple days away from the official end of summer. We are fully into fall mode here. And also a little bittersweet because, at least as they say at, at this moment in time, the last tour ever for the Counting Crows. So uh, an iconic 90s band. Uh, making one last go of it. Touring around one more time. And I just can't believe that they were in Missoula, Montana. I just can't. There's all sorts of acts that are much bigger than the Counting Crows that come to Missoula and that, that even frequent Missoula. I mean, Pearl Jam loves it here. You know, I mean, we've got acts like Elton John and Paul McCartney and and all that, Guns N' Roses. But to be at that intimate venue and and to see a band like that, that really has no ties to the area whatsoever, it's just pretty cool. So great job by Logjam Presents for uh, getting them here in town. So I was down ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the uh, ESPN MT app. Well, time now for our Montana State Minute. Checking in on Bobcat football, and Montana State got right in a big way on Saturday. They rolled to a 41-6 halftime lead and then cruised from there, 57-20 over Stetson, coming off of a heartbreaking loss to number 1 South Dakota State two weeks ago. Bobcats finished the non-conference 2-1, and one, headed into conference, playing one of the biggest conference openers around the big sky, Montana State at Weber State on Saturday night in Ogden, Utah. We're joined now. Montana State's sophomore defensive back, Drew Polidor, joined us. Drew, thanks so much for taking some time, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Uh, first and foremost, uh, let's just talk about Saturday, because I know that you guys, uh, coming out of the South Dakota State game, certainly uh, wanted to get the bad taste out of your mouth, and what a quick start for you guys. So what would you think of just uh, sort of the way you guys retook the field, and, and uh, how good did it feel to just put Stetson away pretty early on? 
Oh, it was a great feeling out there this weekend. We definitely wanted to get some momentum going into conference play this next week against Weber State, traveling on the road. Uh, it was great for us to come in, fix the mistakes that we made the week before. And, of course, at the end of the day, we're looking for a W, and that's what we got. How important was it? Uh, to, I mean, I know you guys were you know, favored to win, and Stetson's a non-scholarship program, all that stuff, but just given the way that the game ended and just how crazy it was in Brookings, I mean, how, how big was it for you guys to just kind of get back on the right foot? It was just um, we worked really hard for that game in South, in South Dakota, and it didn't come out the way we wanted it. Uh, a bunch of the guys had a bitter taste in their mouth, and even though we were favored to win, every week we expect to win, and we didn't get it done the week prior, so it felt good to go out there and do what we were supposed to do and what we work hard to do. Drew Polidor here on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. How about your transition? When you first came to Montana State, you were playing mostly corner, and now you're playing some safety, and uh, I love the adjustment you guys have made there. I feel like it gets more great players on the field, and you, you've played really great so far this year. So, I mean, how, how's the adjustment gone? What, what do you think of your performance so far? Um, the adjustment has been fun. Uh, I'm definitely still learning a lot, still getting my feel for the position. Being it's, I played three games in my entire life at free safety now. Um, I'd say we definitely lost uh, a valuable player in Jeff last year, and I wanted to come in and fill that void for him. We had a lot more depth at corner than we did at the free safety position coming out of last season. And just going forward so far, I've loved it. I feel as though I'm able to exhibit my athleticism a lot more, a lot being able to show how aggressive I can play and making tackles that I not necessarily would be making at corner. So I love the adjustment. Coach Vegan and Coach Garza wanted me to make it. I also wanted to make it. I actually came up to them about it, and they loved it for me. And we're rolling now. Seems like you you love to hit. I mean, is, is that a fair assessment? Oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely, my dad, growing up, I remember being three years old, going to flag football. And finally, when I got to pads in first grade, he told me, hey, if you're hitting, hit with bad intentions. Be the hammer, not the nail. And that's what I still play by today. Well, uh, you got to love it. You mentioned Jeffrey Manning, too. I think that's an interesting deal because he came in as, as a corner and, and transitioned to free safety, too. So what are some of the, the, the common factors? Or I, I guess why does it seem like it, it can be kind of a smooth transition going from corner to free safety in this defense? Well, going from corner to free safety in this defense, I wouldn't say it's a smooth transition. I'd say it was smooth being that I've already played here and I've also made an impact on the field prior. However, uh, it's definitely a grinder moving from cornerback to free safety because you're not really making the reads and checks that you have to make at free safety. You're not that quarterback of the defense. So uh, props to Jeff, props to me as well. I feel like that was a tough transition, but at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do to help the team win. Drew Polidor here on Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. It's our Montana State Minute. He's a sophomore free safety uh, for the Bobcat football team. Just transition into life in Bozeman. What have you thought? I know, I know you spent a little bit of time there at the uh, Air Force Academy there in Colorado Springs. So uh, we're in the mountains a little bit before, but you're from Texas, from uh, right outside of Houston. So what have you thought of just life in Montana, life in Bozeman? Life in Montana has actually been something I'm starting to get used to. It's, uh, it's on my visit up here, it surprised me. I thought it would just be farmland and fields, just rolling plains and mountains out here, however. There is a nice city. It's a nice college town. 
Uh, there's a lot to do. I've taken on fishing lately. And nice. That's that's helped me fast time just out there on the river. But uh, no, I've, I have a girlfriend out here now. It's becoming a second home for me. I love it out here. Well, it's awesome, man. It's great to hear. Who's your who? Who taught you about the fishing? I know there's a lot of guys on the team who really love fishing. So who introduced it to you? Um, so my girlfriend actually introduced oh, nice. it to me. Uh, her both of her parents went to Montana State University, but she's from Denver, Colorado. But she she knew the ropes a lot more than I did. So she actually is the one who gave me the lessons on fishing out here at first. Well, one of the best places to learn how to fish, because I think that anybody that knows how to fish, they try to get to uh, Bozeman in around the Gallatin Valley because there's just such oh, great fishing there. So uh, you're pretty lucky. Throw you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Got to love it. Drew Polidor here. Uh, on to on is now. Uh, well, how, how about then just uh, transitioning into Big Sky Conference play then? I mean, you guys, 2-1 uh, and one coming off a win and uh, now a big one against Weber State. So uh, what do you think of your guys' prospects moving into to, uh, conference play? And, and does the mindset change when you enter Big Sky Conference play? Oh, uh, yes. The mindset definitely changes. Um, at the end of the day, you still want to win every single game. But we know that these games moving forward are for the rings. And we got one last year. However, we were co-champs. But coming in against Weber State to start Big Sky play is a big one, knowing that we beat them twice last year. They have a bitter taste in their mouth, and they're going to give us their best shot to begin with. When you when you look at Weber on film, I mean, to me, I, I watched them a couple times, watched them against Northern Iowa, um, and, and they, they look like – Weber State, I mean, they look like they have for 10-plus years, you know, good up front on both sides of the ball, great size, uh, you know, love to just play physical football. So, I mean, does this Weber State team look the same to you? And if so, how do you go about embracing the challenge of the matchup? They look the same. Uh, in general, to me, I'd say they're they're a good three-phase team. They're very powerful on their special teams. That puts them in position on defense and offense where they can make plays as well. Uh Actually, no running back over a couple running backs over there came from the Houston and Katy area. Uh, Adrian Cormier and Damon Bankston, those boys can play. I played with uh, Bankston since I was a kid, really. And we got a lot of respect for him. We know it's going to be a dogfight out there. Well, so that's interesting. So, were you uh, same high school, rival high schools? Where, where, where do you go back to Bankston with? So, going back with Bankston, I played with him uh, originally in fifth grade. Uh, on a, it was a pretty popular select team at the time. The Katie Sun Devils has a lot of four and five stars out playing college football right now that played on that team as well. And uh, Adrian Cormier, he's just from the area as well. And uh, I met him at a few camps, and he was a really cool kid. Well, cool. I mean, there's a lot of great players from that part of the world, so not surprising that there is some crossover, but fun that uh, you guys get to uh, compete against each other now. Drew Polidor joining us here uh, on is now. Last thing for you then, man, what, what do you think are the keys for you guys if you're going to go down to Ogden and get a win? What was that? Sorry. What are the keys for you guys if you're going to go down to Ogden and get a win? Uh, we want to go down there. We want to be the most physical team, of course. We want to um, go down there and see our keys. They do a lot of unbalance and a lot of things that might make it hard for you to see your keys. However, we know what to expect to an extent, of course. But at the end of the day, we need to execute, do our jobs, tackle well, and just make sure to keep our offense on the field as much as we can. Drew Polidor, sophomore safety and uh, burgeoning fly fisherman here on Nuanas Now, Drew, thanks for your time. <laughs> I really appreciate it, and best of luck this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love it when... 
the college experience is more than just about playing football games and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, the education is a part of it for all college football players, but you know, a kid from Houston, Texas comes to Montana and gets to do something completely different, like learn how to fly fish. That's sweet, man. That's something that's going to last him his whole life. I hope he continues to enjoy it. Thanks to Drew Polidor for joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. What's going down in Major League Baseball? We haven't checked in in a couple weeks. We will right after this. Plus, we got free wings. Courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, Missoula. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for cruising with us here uh, on this Wednesday. Every Wednesday... During the 4 o'clock hour, it's a Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Desperado, located on Russell Street in Missoula, right across from the YMCA. Best wings in the city of Missoula. If you don't believe me, well, <laughs> it's been voted best wings in the city of Missoula over and over and over again. So uh, I think it's uh, pretty well, uh, well proven. And if you haven't tried the wings, you got to try them. I had some the other day. Man, delightful. So good. I like the spicy teriyaki. The uh, sissy teriyakis are good. All of them are good. Barbecue is great. The hot buffalo, the mild buffalo, the sissy sauce. It's all good. Every Wednesday, we give you the opportunity to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Right now, I want you to text us. Give us some thoughts on the Big Sky Conference. Anything and everything, Big Sky Conference football, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Text us, and uh, that'll get you entered to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill as part of Wing It Wednesday, each Wednesday here uh, on Nuanas Now. Uh, let's talk some baseball. Desperado is a great place to watch baseball as well. We um, have spent the last couple of our uh, check-ins in the world of baseball, talking about the Pioneer League, the Missoula Osprey, Missoula Paddleheads, I should say, in the Pioneer I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> uh, in the Pioneer League, I did that a lot early on. I mean, how could you blame me? I went to Osprey games for 20 years, and then they changed their name on me. But we haven't checked in on Major League Baseball uh, in a little while, so here's an update on what's going down. Uh, we got about... Oh, I guess there's there's about, uh, I don't know, about 10 games left in the regular season for various, uh, between 10 and 12 games left in the regular season. So here's where we're at in the division races uh, and the wild card race. So uh, a couple divisions have been clinched. The uh, National League East has been clinched. The Braves ran away with that division. They are 14 games ahead of the Phillies. Wow. The Dodgers 
Also ran away with the National League West. Dodgers are 13 and a half games ahead of the Diamondbacks, so they've clinched that division. The National League Central has not been clinched, but the Brew Crew, the Brewers, are uh, in the driver's seat. They're up six games right now. With They have 11 games left to play. Then uh, in the American League, Baltimore and Tampa Bay are still battling it out for the AL East title, but they've each clinched playoff spots. They'll certainly be at the worst a wild card, uh, the one of those two teams will, and the other one will be the division champ. The American League Central has been the, the least prolific in terms of total wins of any of the divisions in baseball. The Twins right now are winning that division at a paltry 81-72, and 72, so just nine games above five hundred for the Twins, but they're still a full nine games ahead of the Cleveland Guardians. Only one team in the AL Central has uh, a winning record, which is crazy considering that the White Sox and the Royals are historically bad. I mean, the Royals already have 102 losses, which is just crazy to think about. That has to be close, right, Andrew? What's the least amount of games that MLB teams ever won? The Royals have only got 51 wins right now. That has to be in, in the territory of worst ever. Oh, they're bad, but they're not close to being as bad as uh, a bunch of other teams. I think the the record's like 40 wins in a season. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, think back to like the Detroit Tigers in 2003 oh, yeah. lost damn near 120 games. Oh, man. Crazy. And then the uh, AL West is the the best division race there is right now. In baseball, partly because the Seattle Mariners have been pretty dang good down the stretch. And it's very rare that you ever say that over the last 20 years for the Mariners. Usually they're really good right around the All-Star break or in July, early August, and then they fall apart. They've been great in August into September. And now in the uh, AL West, the Astros are in first with only a half-game lead over the Rangers and only a half-game lead over the Mariners. So... Three teams within half a game of each other. So that will play into the wild card race for sure. And uh, it also played into that American League West race too. So basically, the Orioles and Rays are for sure into the playoffs. And uh, whoever doesn't win that division will get a wild card. The Twins are going to win the Central in the American League. And then one of the three, Astros, Rangers, and Mariners, will win the West one of the three will get a play, get a, a wild card spot, and then one of the three will be out in the National League. It's Atlanta for sure's in. The Dodgers are for sure in. The Brewers are certainly inside tracking, and then it's uh, the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, the Cubs. Uh, those teams are all still in the mix. Miami Marlins still in the mix for the the wild card as well. What's the most interesting part about this all uh, all this to you, Andrew? I mean, AL West is pretty sweet. The race that's uh, coming down the pipe here. The AL West is shaping up to be an epic race. All three of those teams actually already won today, so they're keeping pace. Uh, they're pacing each other to the finish, so that's a huge race because that's really three teams for two spots because Toronto's going to take one of the other wild cards probably in the American League. So uh, if you don't win the division, you might not get one of the wild cards there, but what I'm really watching and following is that National League wild card race. This yeah. has been epic. Three Spots for the National League wild card. None of these teams uh, are still left in their division races unless the Cubs really put together a huge winning streak, but they're six games behind the Brewers. Right. So for these teams, this is what they're going for. Phillies look pretty safe. Phillies are leading it right now. 
Diamondbacks two and a half games behind them in the second wild card spot. But the Chicago Cubs only a game behind the Diamondbacks in the third wild card spot. And the Marlins are only a half game behind the Cubs. And that's the one to watch because that's third wild card spot is the, the final playoff spot in the NL. Cincinnati Reds are still in it. They're a game and a half back of the Cubs. So you got five teams here for three spots. You think the Phillies might be safe, and maybe they are, but they can't afford to coast to the finish either. And what's been great is a lot of these teams are playing each other. We just watched the Diamondbacks uh, handle the Cubs, I think swept the Cubs in a series in Arizona, and that got them into that second wild card spot. Diamondbacks are playing the Giants right now, who still aren't out of it if the Giants can put together uh, a couple wins. So I, I've been enjoying watching that race even more than that AL West race. Norris now ESPN Radio, more baseball talk later on in the show and tomorrow as well. Thanks to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Wing it Wednesday. More than a decade we've been giving you wings every Wednesday here on ESPN Radio. You want to watch the stretch run of the regular season or Major League Baseball playoffs? Desperado is a great place to do it. Great baseball bar. 406-888-1029. If you want to get entered in to win some wings to the Despo, that's 888-1029. Text us right now. Wing Wednesday presented by the Despo. Uh, hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. It's our ESPN roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Mitch Stroman, the voice of the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks football team, will join us. Don't change the dial. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.